They got Adrian Peterson. Obviously, he's past his prime. But I got to say, the way Derrick Henry has been running the ball over the last three years, even if he was in his prime, it would be hard to say that they were going to get the same production from Adrian Peterson as they got from Derrick Henry. That's how good Derrick Henry has been these last two and a half years before he got hurt. He's led the league in rushing two two years in a row. He was leading the league in rushing before he got hurt. He's had over 2,000 yards the last two years. He was on pace for another 2,000-yard season again this year. Like, that's how freaking good Derrick Henry has been. That Adrian Peterson in his prime would still be hard to say, like, hey, you're going to get the same production that you're getting from Derrick Henry. And Adrian Peterson is one of the greatest running backs to ever play. Probably the GOAT of his generation, right? Him and LT is probably one and two. He's better than LT. Don't bother me. I'm working. Don't bother me. I'm working. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's another great day to discuss other people's excellence. I'm the for Brother One, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming, and we're two guys that like BSing at work. We have a, a lot of stuff that's kind of happening in the NFL, news-wise, and we're going to try to get to all that. Um, fuck the Browns. Sh- yeah, fuck the Browns. I want to shout out. I want to quickly shout out the Giants because ever since we did that Joe Judge pod, they've won two straight. But I'm going to p- put a pin in that because we'll talk about them next week. Uh, we'll put a, yeah, we'll put a pin on them next week. We'll talk about that next week. Right now, I want I want to f- start with the AFC in today's pod because there's a lot going on in the AFC, and I'm going to start with the Raiders, the team that the Giants beat. The Raiders, like I said, the Raiders are going to Raider. They're a mess. Um, I wanted to make sure I just wasn't, you know, forgetting something. We definitely have not won every game since that pop. Oh, you lost to the Chiefs. Okay, but that's fair. Okay. That was a close. Okay, you, you won two or three, and the one you lost was a close game against the Chiefs on the road. My bad. I forgot about that. The point of the matter is – three wins, bro. You, like – my, my okay, and two of them have come since we did the pod. So my point is, since we've done that pod, they've been playing a lot better. Jesus Christ, you, you just can't. You can't even take a compliment. I because all we did was beat the Raiders. Like like the the Chiefs game was frustrating, and we, then we beat the Panthers, which is just as we said before, just confusing. So take the compliment. No, they don't deserve a compliment. Oh my god! Okay, right. deserves a compliment. No, Joe, the Joe Judge doesn't deserve a compliment. Uh, the defense deserves a compliment. Though. Okay, cool. And he coaches the defense. So anyway, we're, we're he, he's the head coach. Point is, we're not so much Giants today. We're talking about the Raiders. You brought him up. The Raiders are a mess. We know about the Henry Ruggs situation. His career is over. He's going to be lucky if he just doesn't serve a bunch of jail time because he could potentially be in jail. I- I got the meme right in front of me for the context. I already know where you're going with the Raiders. You're starting with the Raiders. I know what it is. Um, the Raiders 2020 draft class. Have you seen? Have you seen this? Yeah, that's, that's, I'm getting there. I'm getting okay. This is this. But now, over the weekend, their other first round pick in uh, Arnett, the corner, posted a video of him threatening people's lives with guns. Just again, just a boneheaded thing to do. They cut him. So now both of their first round draft picks are cut from the 2020 draft, not even a year and a half into their careers. And not only that, their fourth round pick was already cut. Their third round pick doesn't even play. So this is a team that in just last year's draft has nobody on the team basically from that draft. Again. So the 2020 draft, round one, this is a meme, just so everyone knows what I'm reading off of. Half jokes here, but, you know, not really. The Raiders' 2020 draft will go down as the worst in NFL history. Round one, Henry Ruggs, prison. Round round one, Damon Arnett, cut. Round three, Lynn Bowden, traded, zero snaps. Round three, Brian Edwards, starting wide receiver. Round three, Tanner Muse, cut, zero snaps. Round four, John Simpson, backup. Round four, Amik Robertson, benched. And... Not counting the Raiders fans out there because y'all are some of the best fans in sports, not hating on y'all. The rest of us, after round one, 
really don't know any of those names. Right. And so, like, I'm not going to sit here back like it was the worst draft ever, but the results. And not even that draft. You know, Colin Farrell was a, was a reach. Leatherwood has been a reach. Even Henry Ruggs, even before the incident, Remember, that was such a loaded wide receiver draft class. They took him as the first wide receiver in that draft class. This is the same draft class with Jerry Judy. This is the same draft class with CeeDee Lamb. This is the same draft class as Justin Jefferson. Um, That's one of our favorite draft classes of recent memory. Like, us as fans. And um, not even, like, even, and even before the car crash, Henry Ruggs was just okay. Like, he wasn't one of these young stars that we're talking about. And well, he was, that's not, I don't, I don't know if that's fair either. Cause he definitely was not getting hated on. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't, no, no, no. If you look wasn't at a his, Jerry Judy or a Justin Jefferson, look, but he wasn't getting stats. talked about like a bust either. Just to, you no, know, no, but if you look, if you look at his stats, he was not producing nearly as much as those other guys were. Oh and yeah. He, and again, he was taking, he was the number one wide receiver taken in that class. And it was like Darius Hayward base class all over again. Where it's like, we get it, you like speed, but my God, there's more to the NFL and more to being a wide receiver than having speed. I get it. You can't teach speed. I believe if- that we said uh, the ghost at, during on the pod, I mean, because we, we started the pod a couple of years ago. I believe we both said the ghost of Al Davis made that draft pick. Right. And, and- that's what it's looked like. That's what it felt like. It sucks because it's retrospect now. I I'm, I'm definitely wasn't. I don't remember anyone giving them too much shit after you know no, I, I think, honestly i think a lot of people laughed about it because like that's a typical raiders thing like you just went for the speedster over anything else and again henry ruggs was a first round talent it's not like they reached for him but a lot of people thought him as thought of him as the third maybe even the fourth best wide receiver in that class i don't think anybody had him as the number one guy in that class i think Derek carr wants justin jefferson right now yeah like i mean People said people. It was either Jerry Judy or Ceedee Lamb. Those are the two guys that you know you had as the top two dudes. And and it's crazy because I've Justin Jefferson too. Like he was breaking LSU records. So like him dropping to where he did. I'm showing my cards because I remember thinking Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, and Ceedee Lamb. I don't know. He he the, honestly, and everyone knows there's no love for the Cowboys coming for me, but it's a perfect fit for him. Yeah. I'm not going to hate on somebody that, that fell to a, such a good situation for them. He fits what they're trying to do. He, he gives off the swag of the number 88 that the Cowboys hold dear since the, since the dynasty. He fits there so well that I'm not throwing shit on that pick. It was a match made in heaven. It yeah, really like, like that. He, all, he's like, uh, all of those Higgins. Dudes. He's like Higgins wearing number 85 on the Bengals right now. It kind of fits. Yeah, and and, and – just like Justin Jefferson, honestly, was a you know, he's you know, he we know he could rock the purple and yellow, he did at LSU, now he's doing it for the Vikings, right? So it worked out perfectly. Um, and and to be honest, Henry Ruggs was a perfect fit for the Raiders because that notoriously that's what they like, they like the speedster guy who's just going to be a deep threat. John Gruden loves that guy who's just going to do that, that deep post route in the go route. That's the only two routes he's going to ask you to run because that because that does open up a defense. Um, but the point of the matter is because John Gruden is a run first type of guy, play action and everything else, Henry Ruggs just wasn't producing the way these other guys were before the car crash. And ironically, he's had some good weeks the last couple of weeks, and then the car crash comes. So right when you're finally getting that potential out of him, this happens. And, and speaking the- of uh, speedsters, the Raiders just signed Deshaun Jackson. So that dude has lasted in the league longer than I think all of us thought he would. Right. And that's a good signing. Like, it's not like a good signing because Deshaun Jackson is this game changer in 2021, uh, back to be 2022. But just being honest, he's definitely a fit for all the reasons that you just said. He fits what Raiders the Raiders want in the position, and he can be a deep threat. He right. still can be a deep threat, which credit to him for not losing that speed in the time that he's been in the league. He's one of those players that I don't think anyone 10 years ago would think he'd still be in the league, mostly right. because speeds just don't last that long. But he's right. and, he was a, and he was a little guy. It's not like he's a big receiver. He, he was a small dude. Yeah, um, and he's, but he's still, he's still around, man. That's so good for him. Yeah, good for him. And so the Raiders – and I, and I have a, a, a good friend of mine who's a Raiders fan, and I, and I do feel bad for him because it's just like, dude, like we just can't catch a break. 
You know what I mean? We just can't catch a break. Every time we think we're doing when, – when they signed Mike Mayock, I said, you know what? If anything, they should draft really well because Mike Mayock is one of the people that people go to in the draft. He's the guy when he worked at NFL Network – he just knew all these prospects and he was so knowledgeable about the game of football. He broke all these prospects down. The one thing we thought the Raiders would do was draft well. I said, like, I don't know if he can make a trade or not. Yeah, but, but he just, and, and to, that's sorry to cut you off, but just to clarify why I'm not giving the Giants props on the win against the Raiders is because, yeah, the defense played well, but they capitalized on mistakes. And there are mistakes that Derek Carr doesn't usually make. He, he turned the ball over more times against the Giants than he did in the previous three weeks. And, yeah. and, one, of them, and one of them turned into a pick six. So right. you can make the argument that this was such another, another tumultuous week that it finally just caught up to them. Well, well that's, the, that's the crazy part is that they've, they've been winning since, since Gruden left. We were the first L. So I think the perception that the Giants have figured it out is, is, is unfair, especially against the Raiders, because like you said, I know a bunch of Raiders fans, family, friends. I know Raiders fans. And the the loss against the Giants is one of those losses, kind of like how I felt after um, losing to the Washington team earlier this year. No, there's no positives in this because we should have won this game. And I know that's what the Raiders fans were feeling during the game. Because when I was watching it, I didn't expect the Giants to hold on to the lead. Like, like you asked me, you, you talk to me, you have this great habit of only texting me after we lose. But, like, I had no faith that the Giants were going to win that, and we actually ended up winning it. Good for us. But at the end of the day, the Raiders are still a better team. I had them as a contender. And losing these these players hurt. But to your point about Mike Mayock, I still expect them to be a playoff team. I still expect them to contend for the AFC West, even with all these problems. Oh, no, they're, they're still going to contend for the division. I guess what I'm looking at, we just talked about their their ineptitude in drafting, right? Especially the 2020 draft, and there have been others where they have reached on talent that has not panned out for them. Um, and that's the one thing that's weird to me because I thought the one thing they were going to do was draft well. It's like again, I don't know if if Mike Mayock can make a good trade. I don't know if he can make good signings. But again, every year he's like the go-to guy for draft you know, for draft, you know, when he was at NFL Network, he was like the, the main guy that was breaking down these prospects and usually he was on the money. So it's so weird to me how he gets the GM job and that's the one thing they haven't been able to do was draft well. Um, but, you know, obviously they have Josh Jacobs and, you know, that has panned out and Hunter Renfro. Like, obviously they, they got hits and misses like just like any other team, but their misses are really, really bad. And their hits haven't been like great hits where it's like overcoming that. I think most of this team has been developed already like that. So the Raiders to me, yeah, they can still probably win the division, but I don't, I no longer see them as a legit playoff, uh, Super Bowl contender. I no longer think they're going to probably even get out the first round, to be honest with you. I, but that's I, the crazy part. This year, more so than almost any other season, there is no clear Super Bowl contender. That's right, and, that, and that's the whole purpose of this pod too. I because I want to get to the, some of these well, other teams. In the yeah, AFC. You, you you call this you, you when you sent me the file or the link. You, you said the astonishing AFC, right? Do you know how many teams in the AFC right now have five wins? Like a lot, eight. Yeah, that's the entire AFC West is has five wins. The two at the top, the Raiders and the Chargers, they got three losses, and then the Chiefs and the Broncos both had four losses. Uh, the Bills are five and three. The Patriots are five and four. Um, Steelers five and three. Browns and, and Bengals five and four. Then you got the Titans with se- at the top of the whole thing at seven and two, and followed closely by the Ravens at six and two. So mm-hmm. the entire conference right now is pretty damn even. I got. I, I know you Steelers fans are pretty hype right now. Y'all, y'all were looking for that clean sweep this week. Y'all didn't get it because Lamar Jackson going to Lamar Jackson. But I don't know what to make of this right now. And my, the best way I can say it is more so than every other year by week eight or nine, anything can happen still. Like there's a couple of dead in the water teams, the Jets, the Dolphins, um, the Texans, the Jags. They're pretty much dead in the water. And then that's it in the in the AFC. That's crazy. 
because the Colts are under 500, they're four and five, but no one expects them to just die right now. And they're still very much an alive team because they have not looked like they're going to get walked over by anybody. They have one of the best running backs in the league this year. I, I don't know where the AFC is going to go. I'm, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I know we, we, we got to talk about this, but in my heart of hearts, if I had to put my money on anybody, I don't feel that confident in anyone in the American football conference right now. Like the chiefs going into this year, we all thought the chiefs they're third in the West right now. You're talking about how the Raiders can't, you know, get their shit together to be contenders. They are ahead of the, of the Kansas city chiefs right now after all this shit this year. And yet after all that, if both teams were to make the playoffs, I would still put my money in the chiefs before I put my money in the Raiders. Cause it's just, it just seems to be one thing after another and they're just dysfunctional right now. Um, Go to the North real quick. Cause I know. Well, I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to end this on the North because a lot of what we wanted to talk about was the North. I oh, did, God. You mentioned, you mentioned Tennessee when we did our pretenders and contenders, you had them as pretenders again, since then, They've won four straight against really good football teams. And here's the good thing, right? They've done that. They, they've beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten the Chargers. They've beaten the Rams uh, at, on the road and kind of blew them out. And, and also good for them is they have the easiest schedule in football the rest of the way. And they have a defense that's finally showing up. They're getting sacks. They're getting turnovers. They're doing a great job. The bad news is they're probably going to be without Derrick Henry for the rest of the year. And Adrian Peterson, this is how good Derrick Henry has been, right? They got Adrian Peterson. Obviously, he's past his prime. But I got to say, the way Derrick Henry has been running the ball over the last three years, even if he was in his prime, it would be hard to say that they were going to get the same production from Adrian Peterson as they got from Derrick Henry. That's how good Derrick Henry has been these last two and a half years before he got hurt. He's led the league in rushing two two years in a row. He was leading the league in rushing before he got hurt. He's had over 2,000 yards the last two years. He was on pace for another 2,000-yard season again this year. Like, that's how freaking good Derrick Henry has been. That Adrian Peterson in his prime would still be hard to say, like, hey, you're going to get the same production that you're getting from Derrick Henry. And Adrian Peterson is one of the greatest running backs to ever play, probably the GOAT of his generation, right? Him and LT is probably one and two. He's better than LT. Okay, yeah. I said most people would say Adrian Peterson. So Adrian Peterson is the best of the last 20 years. Period. Yeah, so so that's and that's and that's how great and like I said, that's not even disrespect to Adrian Peterson. That's me giving Derrick Henry his flowers. Oh, yeah, I think and, and it's a little bit of in the moment because the greatness of AP is a little bit in the in the rearview mirror at this point. But I, I agree with the sentiment that you're saying. My my only issue is because I know you expect me to be like, well, they're contenders because of how great they're coached. And I said this when I said they were pretenders too, that I think Vables a really good head coach that it's just more of the personnel that is the team that I don't really believe in like that, that as much the coaching. Cause I think the coaching he can out coach or coach with the best of them period. So don't take it as disrespect to, to, to him or how much heart the team plays with. But with that being said, yeah, they beat the Rams, but wasn't 14 points off turnovers. Yeah, but again, their defense is creating turnovers and getting. Oh, oh, I, I agree. And the defense was, and the defense was the main reason that we said we didn't believe in them. The defense has been showing up. Jonathan Simmons has probably been the second best defensive tackle in the league behind Aaron Donald. Yeah, and so if that's sustained for, for the rest of the season, going into the playoffs, I will completely be like, yeah, I was wrong. They they definitely should be. I you know because they could lose the first or second round and people like, oh, they weren't contenders. No, like if if they, if they only have two losses going into the playoffs, they're a contender. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I don't think they will. I think they'll. I think they'll have four or five losses. But again, I think what's helping them is they got through the gauntlet. Of, like they've had like the hardest schedule so far, and they've gotten through it. And, and ironically, right, they got blown up by the Cardinals. That doesn't even seem like a bad. That's not a terrible loss at all anymore. The only thing that sucks is they lost to the Jets. They should be eight and one right now. And they should be saying, wow, we, we could be on cruise control the rest of the, the season and be good. Uh, that loss to the Jets might cost them in terms of trying to get like a top seed in the AFC. Because I do think without Derrick Henry, because their offense is so predicated on running the ball first and they still haven't they still haven't really gotten Julio Jones and A.J. Brown going. They're going to have to do that quick, fast and in a hurry because. 
even though they have a very easy schedule the rest of the way, you can't afford to lose a bunch of games you have no business losing. You're going to have to figure out what your offense is going to be. Real quick, I'll I'll run down the rest of the remaining schedule for the Titans so everyone can get an idea. I don't know how easy this is. They got the Saints next week. Mm. I don't think that's easy. Like, like, you know, it sucks with the quarterback situation, but again, coaching. The Texans, that should be a win. You know, Texans should be a win. November 28th, they got the Pats. And that's another team that you're you're you, you have on your lineup right now that you're like, are we underrating the Patriots and, and are they a threat to get to the playoffs and cause some trouble? So is that an automatic win? They should win, but that's not an automatic win. But Vrabel has been pretty good against uh, Bill Belichick. So I think that's an interesting coaching matchup, too. Then you got the Jaguars should win. But I have more faith in the Jaguars than the Texans in, in a division rivalry in 2021. So. You know, it's, I'm saying it's a win, but don't be surprised if that's the Jaguars' next win and they beat the Titans. That's an AFC South rivalry. Right. December 19th, they're in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So that could turn into a AFC showdown with serious playoff impl- implications if the mm-hmm. Steelers keep winning the way they are and the Browns and the Bengals keep just saying inconsistent. That, that's a big that, that'll be a big shape uh shape because everybody in that division has five wins right now. That's insane. Yep. And then you they're gonna close out the season with three wins. The 49ers, the Dolphins, the Titans, or the, the Texans again. Right. So unless you want to argue that maybe the Niners win, don't think so. But well, but that's why I said they'll probably got four or five losses in them. As, I don't think so. Where is it coming from? Because okay, they're no, no I'm saying they have two now. So I'm oh, saying yeah. Which is crazy. So, yeah, you're right. They're they're, they're looking like a contender. They're looking like the the team to beat in the AFC, which come playoff time, we might be looking at a completely different perception of these teams. They might be getting cold. There might be another team just getting hot. Like, the last team anybody wants to see in the AFC get hot towards the end, there's two of them. The Steelers, the Patriots. No one wants to see them just figuring shit out. And the Chiefs. Don't let the Chiefs. Oh, and the Chiefs. And the Chiefs. Don't let and the Chiefs the, right now. Y'all beat the Chiefs, beat them now. Y'all don't. Y'all don't want to see them in the playoffs. I, I don't. But, but that and, and that's the funny part. Do you have any faith that the Chiefs are gonna turn it around? I I do only because I I gotta believe that Pat. Like I really believe in Patrick Mahomes and he will figure this out. Oh, uh, and you know that's a great segment for the next part of this is OBJ is a free agent. Like what if he signs there? You know what I mean? Like he just clear waivers. He's a free agent. He can sign anywhere he wants. What if he does sign there? I I think that's a huge dynamic. You can't double-team Tyreek Hill anymore. You can't bracket Travis Kelsey anymore. That was the one flaw in in their... their thing like they don't really have a number two like Harmon's your number two like you know what I mean like I guess but when they were winning when they were firing on all cylinders and winning the chip right they didn't have they spread the ball so much everybody was a weapon and that's where the threat came from Odell could help with the double teams sure but as an Odell fan a Giants fan that has no ill will towards Odell I should say because I think he handled this whole thing like a diva um is he that game changer that will turn around the Chiefs? I think I think he makes I think he makes them dangerous because again, who are you going to like? That is a huge dynamic. Like, like people teams have figured out if you double team Tyreek and don't let him beat you over the top, and if you bracket Travis Kelsey, you can slow this offense down. And because their defense isn't that good, if you slow this offense down and force Patrick Mahomes to make a, a great play every single time, you could one, turn them over, two, just get them all out of sorts. If Odell's there, you can't double team and bracket Travis Kelsey. You have to, you have to pay attention to Odell Beckham Jr. He's he's still in his 20s. Like he's still good enough where if he's open, he, Patrick Mahomes ain't going Baker Mayfield him. He's going to throw him the football. So either Odell will kill you or Tyreek will. You know what I mean? I, I think I think it was more Odell being there opens up Tyreek Hill because now you cannot just have two two three safeties back on Tyreek Hill anymore. You have to account for what Odell Beckham Jr. is going to do. Yeah. So I I, I think he can unlock that te- that offense not because. Not because he's a great game changer and he's going to be the number one target. No, he's just going to be that threat that you have to at least account for. 
And again, you cannot do both bracket uh, Kelsey and double team Tyreek. You're going to have to pick your poison. So whether Tyreek beats you one week or Travis Kelsey beats you one week or Odell beats you one week or even Harmon beats you one week, because again, that's how Harmon would get wide open. If you're so worried about these other guys, you forget to cover Harmon downfield, he'll still beat you. You know what I mean? I think having a guy like Odell opens that back up again because you're going to have to pick your point. You got to give up something. Most teams will. Some of the best defensive teams can still probably figure out a way, but most teams are going to have to say, yo, we got to just hope that this guy doesn't kill us today. What about the Bucks? The Buccaneers? Oh, yeah. they still, no, no, no. The well, no their, their secondary is trash right now. Their secondary is so hurt. I mean, the Buccaneers. No, I mean for Odell. Oh, no, no, no. There's no. Where is he going to play? <laughs> Has, has Antonio Brown been playing recently? He had a he has an ankle injury. Like he's gonna, he's but he's fine. It's not like he has a broken ankle. I'm just saying, it's not like Antonio Brown is the. It, it, oh well, we're not going to sign Odell because we have Antonio Brown. It isn't a problem. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just pointing it out. Like like for all the reasons for all the reasons you said a one year deal or whatever the math on on the rest of the season would be. He wants to play on a contender. All the reasons that we're going to say the Chiefs. I think more the Rams than the Buccaneers. No, no, I think the I think if he goes in the NFC, the Rams are definitely high up there. Obviously, the Packers. Like he's why that's that's the one that gets me right. I get the why? whole Aaron Rodgers looks attractive to a wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. I get the common sense part of it. The Madden, just you know, give me this star and we're gonna blow up part. But you want to go to a contender, and we just saw what that team looks like if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. And to, to, it's not like we're Garen Rodgers is guaranteed to play. But you can say that about any team, though. If he goes, oh, to- oh no, I can. Uh, but I'm saying, like, it. I just feel like it's a better situation to be in team wise. The Packers are, per- are the perfect spot for him because he'll be the legit number two. So he'll still get plenty of playing time, plenty of targets. Like he's not like. People, the reason why people are saying the Packers is because Devontae Adams takes up so much. Like statistically, you see it. Devontae Adams is their that's their offense. If if Devontae Adams doesn't have a good game, they don't they don't usually move the ball up and down the field. You put Odell Beckham on that team, so you have a legit number two. One again, you can't double team Devontae and him, so that frees up. If anything else, that frees up the other guys. You can still run the football. The scramble drill, imagine the scramble drills with Aaron Rodgers, with Odell and Devontae Adams. That's just insane. Like the Buccaneers have proven you can't have too many wide receivers. You know what I mean? So him going to the to the Packers makes all the sense in the world to me. Uh, a lot of people are saying Seattle. Yeah, okay. So, I, I think Is the Seattle Pack- contender. Right, that, that's right. Do you think they're a contender? I think the Packers makes more. I really think the Ravens or the Steelers should go after him. The Ravens need a wide receiver. Rashad Bateman has been playing really well as a rookie, but you want a veteran. Um, and a lot of people say, no, why would Odell go there? Because he's going to be wide open. Marquise Brown is wide open all the time. He doesn't catch the ball. That's why they want a wide receiver. Imagine which, is, if that's- which is more annoying, especially as like a Lamar Jackson fan, that some of the times people are like, oh, well, he's a running back. He doesn't throw the ball. Those yeah, are nah. those are spirals. They're just yeah, not yeah, you know, getting yeah, caught. Dudes aren't, dudes aren't catching. Imagine if that's Odell Beckham Jr. wide open in the end zone every time. He's going to catch that. Um, oh, far to me wants Odell to sign with either the, anybody in the AFC North just to keep the drama going. I'm not yeah. even fronting. Like, the imagine Steelers, if Odell signs Steelers, with the Bengals. The Steelers should do it because they lost Juju for the year. And like I said before, we don't legit have a number one. And he probably wouldn't be a number one on our team. But the point of the matter is – Wait, who, who if who's the number if who's the number one if Odell's there? It, it would still be a committee type of thing. The that's reason, great, but who 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 are you saying is is better than Odell on paper? That's on your team. Right no, now? no, it's not bad about being better. What I'm saying the way our offense is set up, mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't. It was probably might probably still be Deontay just in terms of volume. But what I'm saying is having that guy that that playmaker that that Ben Roethlisberger can have and. And, and trust me, one thing I know about Ben, if you give him a star wide receiver, he's going to throw him the football. Yeah, that's, so, that's what, so who's – number one, Odell signs with your team healthy. He's the number one receiver on the Steelers. 
The only reason why I don't say that is because at this stage of the of the you, you gotta remember whatever team he goes to, like he's gonna only have like a certain finite amount of plays. That's very hard to find to, to learn. That's about. fine. And I'm saying how football works, the way your team is currently constructed at full health. Odell's your number one. And this is me giving props to Big Ben. It's big fucking Ben. He has targets that aren't targets in, on other teams that he will get the ball to even at his advanced age. This is me saying this. If you guys get Odell, there's two things that are going to happen that I, I'm this is not even like a, a conversation to me. One, he is your number one receiver in all the stats. And two, the drama. I can't wait for that toxic relationship to kick <laughs> off. Oh my God. It, it'd be like a gift to me for all you asshole Steelers fans that talk so much shit to me. Little old me, me that doesn't talk any shit to y'all as Steelers fans. Sorry, I had a little tickle with <laughs> Like, why, why, why do you think that would be drama? I'm sorry. We're talking about Odell and Ben Roethlisberger sharing a locker room. But hold on, if he wasn't, if it wasn't, if he didn't say anything about Baker, why would he say anything about Big Ben? And like I said, Big Ben's going to be the opposite of Baker Mayfield. He's going to give him the ball too much. One thing about Big Ben, especially uh, the, until he, until until Odell pisses him off in, in the locker room, and then Big Ben's passive aggressively forcing it to the tight end. Well, no, but I, but see, I don't. I think Baker has gotten to the point. Where, to be fair to Baker, I mean to be Baker to Odell, from what we've heard, like he hasn't been a problem in the locker room. I well, from what we hear, the problem with Odell is that it's such a system. It's like it's kind of like the Patriots, right? It says a system heavy oriented offense that Odell likes to freestyle his routes a little bit. And that's why Baker doesn't throw it to him. Right. Well, big man don't give a damn about that. Cause that's what Antonio did. Like, bro, just be, I like, just be open. I'm gonna throw it to you. Like, no, that's, that's, and that's why big, that's why the Steelers, because big Ben's veteran presence and the, and Lamar's Jackson's world-class scrambling, those two AFC North teams really fit. And, right. and I'm not being, I'm not being an asshole about it. I really think the Steelers would be like, like the Cowboys, like, oh, God damn it, they signed him. Like, they're one of those teams where it's like, oh, they're not contenders. Wait, they just signed who? Shit. Well, like, I, I, I think the Steelers should think about it because they, again, Juju Smith not being there, that hurts. Like, Claypool is good. I know. All the TikToks we're missing out on, right? Yeah, well, yeah right. I'm the, Claypool is good. Deontay is good. But you see it again, even last night, like sometimes they're off in stalls. They need that guy sometimes. Sometimes you just need that dude. And Odell playing for the Steelers, you know, damn well, especially when we got another game against the Browns. I, I believe the last game of the season, I believe. I know I know it's like towards the last I'll, game. I'll look it up season. real quick. I believe it's towards it's, – it's definitely like the last final three games, I think. But I, I'm pretty sure it's the last game of the season. Play, playing the Browns again, yeah. Sign me up for that. Um, but I, I oh, think- the oh, wow, the, they, they really didn't do the Browns any favors. So, the last two weeks for the Browns are the, are the Steelers and the Bengals. The Bengals are actually the last week, Steelers are second yeah. to last. About week. So I, knew, I, I knew it was, I knew it was like literally like the last final three games. Listen to this bipolar ass schedule that you, your, your, your division rival has for the, for the remainder Pat, at the Pats, Lions at home, at the Ravens. Ravens at home, Raider, Raiders at home, at the Packers, at the Steelers, at home against the Bengals. Yeah. Like, there is not an – besides the Lions, which also trap game like a motherfucker for them. But that's the – the Lions are the only one you're like, oh, it's the Lions, which is the definition of a trap game in the NFL. So, like, that is really a shitty schedule for – like, if you're a Browns fan, you're just annoyed. Well, the funny thing is the Steelers have the hardest schedule. Well, after after this week, we play the Lions, and we got to win this game. But the Steelers, after this week, have what's considered the hardest schedule left in the NFL. Good. Uh, let after, me <laughs> – After this season. Yeah, what's you got the Lions on game? Sunday. You got then – you're, then you're in L.A. against the Chargers. Then you're in Cincy. Mm-hmm. Then the Ravens are coming to town. Then you're going to Minnesota, which trap game you should win, but also you don't want to sleep on the Vikings. Right, and it's a Thursday night. It's a short week after playing the Ravens week, and we talk about that all the time. The game after the games before and after Ravens week are always brutal. And and you got the Titans at home December nineteenth. You're going to Arrowhead the day after Christmas. You got the Browns on January third, and then you close out your season against the Ravens in Baltimore. Yeah. And 
I'm sorry, dude, because like the arrowhead trip if that late in the season, especially with you believing the Chiefs are going to turn it around. Those last three games are one like Steelers fans for that. I know you're all going to be talking shit about that Browns game. Like you're going to treat that Browns game like an automatic W, which is the trap game in itself. But the Raiders, the last week of the season, that is that shit. I like that is the Ravens. You mean? Yeah. The Ravens, the last, the last week of the season. That mm. is that shit. I like the, the, but that's what I'm saying. This look, I'm giving credit to where credit is due. The Steelers have won four straight, obviously all games that they probably should have won in hindsight, and they and they won. They, you 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 beat who you need to beat. Again, besides that Lions game, there's not too many wins left on that schedule. But this is a team that's going to go for it. They're going to try to make the playoffs. They're going to try to be over 500. Uh, which and, is why- and, and I'm just going to run off the Bengals and the Ravens real quick because looking at the AFC North, and you guys are all pretty much dead even right now. The Ravens got the Dolphins on Thursday, so a couple days from this recording. Then they got the Bears. Those, I think those should be two wins. They're playing in Chicago, but I think they should win both of them. Two then wins. they got the Browns. They're, they're at home against the Browns. They're on the road against the Steelers. They're on the road against the Browns. Killer back-to-back weeks for, for Baltimore right there. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're at home against the Packers, on the road against the Bengals, Rams, Ravens, January 2nd. Nice. And then last week, again, Steelers, Ravens. So they got a little bit, like, it seems like an easier schedule, but even that's not that easy. Right. None of it's easy. It's, it's, and, and like I said, that's, you know, the AFC North is very interesting. The AFC is very interesting. Again, I just think that's why the Steelers should go after Odell, man. You need something that's going to unlock this offense because even last night, the offense keeps stalling. Um, the Bengals have a chance to play spoiler in the division. They, it's not like they have the easiest schedule. They got the Raiders coming up. Um, Raiders, Steelers, Chargers, Niners, Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, Bank, uh, Browns on uh, the last week of the season. I definitely think the, the Chiefs are the most confusing team this season, man, because usually the last couple of years they'd be like, oh, that's an L. And now this year you're like, I don't know, man, the, the, the Titans beat your ass. Like, like who knows when it comes to the Chiefs? Bengals, so I don't. So I don't know what the hell they they beat the Ravens a couple of years ago. I mean, a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks ago. That was the week we we had to take a bye because I was going to talk about could they mess around and win the division? They've lost two straight and haven't looked good at all over the last two weeks. Losing to the Jets and losing. well, the Jets game is is uh, well, that was the trap game and they looked better in the Jets game than uh, this past week against the Browns. The Jets game, they lost yeah, overtime. by the Browns. And, and at the end of the day, that's two losses in a row where you kind of had the division by the balls. And Jamar Chase has kind of come back down to earth. Uh, the, yeah, but was, was that more the Browns game planning for Jamar Chase? Because, like, the Browns lost, it's ugly, but at the same time, that's a divisional game. No, Absolutely. No, absolutely. Division game, you throw out the window. But at the end of the day, they have lost two straight. The next two are telling. The, right. the, the, the game against the Raiders is telling for both teams how they're both going to respond after big losses. And then against the Steelers, that's a good measurement game because they beat they beat the Steelers already. Yep. So if they beat the Steelers. They beat this in Pittsburgh. Yeah, like, like dude, the, the parody is real this year. Like, this is – I just ran off the AFC North, and I want to talk shit to all my friends who are Steelers fans out there. I confidently talk shit to you guys. But there is definitely a lane where the Steelers win the North. It's just crazy because it's it's not mathematically impossible for the Bengals to win the North. And then you got the Browns and the Ravens. Who and both- even the Ravens, the Ravens are weird because they've come back so many times this year. They should have lost to the, to the Chiefs. They should have lost to the Detroit. They should have lost to the Colts. They should have lost last week to the Vikings. And so you ask yourself, is this their year or they've gotten lucky and their luck will run out? I don't know. Only time will tell. Because common sense tells me that you have to keep coming back every week. Like eventually your luck will run out. But the Ravens are always that weird team, man. Like they they have they never are out of a game. They have so much confidence in their coach. They have so much confidence in their quarterback. And they definitely have confidence in their kicker. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the Bears had to kick a 65-yarder. And it was nowhere close. Something tells me if that was Justin Tucker, he's booting that right through the uprights and they win that game. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those weird things where 
are they just that team or are they just, have they been getting lucky and their luck will run out? We don't know yet. We, and we probably won't know by the end of the season. Um, so the Ravens are weird. The Bengals are weird because just when you think they're like unstoppable, they look really down to earth the last couple of weeks. And the, and the Browns are always inconsistent. They're always going to be inconsistent because of the Browns. That's what they are. And the Steelers are just that team. You can never count them out, you know. But, again, we win. But this is also a typ- stereotypical Steelers season. If we win against the Detroit Lions, we'll be five and, you know, we won five straight. And people are going to say, oh, we're sleeping on the Steelers. We're sleeping on the Steelers. And we might mess around and lose two or three in a row again. That's usually what happens uh, for us. But this – but, you know – the North is such an interesting uh, thing. We're going to beat each other up towards the end of the year. And if the Steelers mess around and make the playoffs, I honestly, I'm going to look at Mike Tom and say, yo, bro, you got it. Because I did not think that was even possible. And I'm going to give credit when credit is due. The offensive line has gotten much better. They're not, they're not great, but they're not a bottom three unit like they were the first, few, the first month of the season. They're getting much better. Um, even last night, we saw some flaws. Uh, Green, our third-round pick center, who's a rookie, was getting pushed on his ass all, all second half, which was hurting the run game. But still, they've gotten so much better over the course of the season. Um, and I said it. That's the problem with our offense. we got three issues. we got an aging quarterback. we got a bad offensive line, and we don't have a number one receiver. If one of those things changes, our offense could be better. And luckily, the offensive line has gotten better. And and who knows? If you get OBJ, you might have a number one receiver, like you said. So let's see what they do. This this is an interesting team in terms of the buyout uh, market to see what what moves they make because they are a few pieces away from like legit being like, "Yo, man, we still in this." So mm. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, what's the last thing I had? Oh, the 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 New England Patriots. The Patriots are weird to me too. Because a lot of people are sleeping on the Patriots or sleeping on the Patriots. I don't think so. I think we're right where we need to be in terms of hitting the snooze button. They have zero impressive wins to me. They beat the, they beat a Panthers team that cannot generate any offense whatsoever. The only points they got were off of turnovers. Uh, they beat the Jets twice. They beat the Texans. And then they beat, they beat a Chargers team, but Bill Belichick, for whatever reason, seems to have Justin Herbert's number because Justin Herbert had his worst game of the season last year against the Patriots. So for whatever reason, they know how to defeat Justin Herbert. So all five of their wins are against, to me, non-quality teams. And yeah, you can say, well, they've had some good, quote-unquote, good losses. So, okay, but they're losses. Yeah, but they lost to the Bucs. Yeah, they lost to the Bucs, they lost to the Cowboys, they lost to but, but my, my point if we're talking about being like a legit contender, you got you okay, you gotta beat these teams at some point. You're not gonna yeah, play but, but 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 you but you propose the question of are they a legit contender? But they, they look like a legit playoff team right now. They look better than we all thought they were gonna be, and that's only to the credit of Bill Belichick. Yeah, but again, I guess my point is you're not facing the Jets and the Texans in the playoffs. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know if they're contenders, but it, if they fucked around and won a playoff game this year. Well, a lot of people say, oh, don't don't be surprised if the Patriots make it to the Super Bowl. Like, no. Let them be some real. If the Patriots fun. make it to the Super Bowl, it would be it would be one of those things where we have to deal with a bunch of you know idiots saying how rigged the league is because oh Tom Brady makes it and then the Patriots go to the Super Bowl. It has to be rigged. Yeah, because those two things you know, completely aren't regular things that have happened in, in football. But their offense, their offense to me just isn't good. And no, their opinion, offense is isn't good, but they're still good enough that they could win a game. It depends on who they face. I I mean they're not chances are they're not gonna win a division. But isn't but Mac Jones hasn't been terrible. Like he's one he of those been, no he's been the best rookie quarterback so far, but that's not saying much because a lot of these rookie quarterbacks are garbage. Um well I so, mean how weird is Jackson to talk about the the bottom of the barrel real quick? How weird is Jacksonville beating the Bills? And like, good for Sunshine, right? Like, I'm cheering for him. I know you hate him for all the reasons not in his control, <laughs> but like, I, I I don't I don't hate him. I, I'm rooting for him too. I I just don't want you, you hate Urban Meyer a lot. Yes. <laughs> like, like you feel even worse because you don't want him to fail. 
You hate all the people that are giving him passes that other quarterbacks have never gotten. And right. to be fair, he hasn't really gotten a pass more than, wow, that team sucks. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you don't watch the Jags and go, wow, Trevor Lawrence is obviously the problem here. You know, like, oh, yeah, no. I, no, I think my biggest thing is, I've always said I don't think if he was black he would have been the number one quarterback. Number yeah, but one. if he, but also at the same time, he they beat the Bills. Nine like, six. We're not talking. We're not, no one's no one's acting like that's either a problem for Buffalo or. Nine, bro, they beat the Bills nine to six. I know they beat they the Bills though, and the fact that the Bills couldn't put up more than six points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. I'm asking you, like, what does that mean to you? Because that's just like, what the fuck is going on here? That's that's the NFL for you. Sometimes oh, that's just... that's your that's your any given Sunday pick of the week for, uh, for this past week. No, no, seriously. Look, that's the beauty of fo- that's the beauty of sports. I mean, it happens all the time. You you. So again, right? Why do we say defense wins championships? Right? Because offense is inconsistent. Like we say it all the time, but we don't explain why. Defense wins championships because defense is more consistent. Offense is inconsistent. When you have a great offense, there's going to be days you have clunkers, right? Look at our nets. We, we've we been held to under 100 points for the fourth time already this year. That ties as much as we were under 100 points all of last year because we're not the dynamic offense that we used to be. And when we're inconsistent, we can't score points. And random, there's also to the point, uh, this is the opposite of the any given Sunday spectrum. When you read in the stats too early into a season, just because we all know, if, sorry to go Nets propaganda on y'all real quick, <laughs> but we all know rebounding has not been a Nets strength for years now. But while the sky was falling last week and the Nets aren't figuring it out, we were top four. We were t- we were fourth. We were top five in rebounding. Which, if you're a Nets fan, ha ha. But just when it comes to reading into certain stats too early, like we've both done in the NFL this year, just to throw it out there for basketball, the Nets were a top rebounding team going into one of these games recently. So yeah, no, we're not like, we're so because if you watch the game, we're getting destroyed on the offensive glass. And, and, and all I'm saying that about football is I don't want to read too much into it, but it's not like the Nets have been getting shut out by completely terrible teams. Like, no, I don't even know who to, to, who to do it for right now because it's still that early. And, and even last game, it was a second half of back to back on the road, so I'm not I'm not even worried about it. But again, this is football pot. But the point I'm at, the point I'm making is throughout history, it's been shown that you need defense to win because defense travels better, it's more consistent, and the real Josh Allen plays in Jacksonville. Yeah, off that too. <laughs> Offenses are going again. When the Steelers had the killer bees, they never even sniffed the Super Bowl. Why? Because offense is inconsistent. We had no defense. The Saint. That the Saint, is that is your law. That's like the one that got away for you. <laughs> like that is like an era that you're be you're gonna be gray and being like, we didn't even win with the killer bees. What's the killer bees, Grandpa? <laughs> like, oh, let me tell you a story. No, but it's true. Like, as good as our offense was, we had no defense, and we can't. You cannot consistently count on scoring twenty-eight plus a, a game. You see it with the Chiefs. You can't count on it. The Saints. Remember, the Saints had the number one offense like for a decade straight. Could never even get to the. Could never even get to the Super Bowl. The one time they had a defense, they got to the Super Bowl. Now they have. Oh, a better, I'm sorry. That too. Now, now that they have a better defense, they're more of a legit football team. That like that's just how it is. We forget the Warriors as good as offensively as they were. They were a really good defensive team. People people sleep on that, so they can stay in games. And then they also had an offense where look, if all they had to do was see one or two threes go in, and then magically they just and, were able to and we got to sign off in a second. But uh, to your defense point. Everybody remembers Bounty Gate, but they also remember Tracy Porter's interception on Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. Um, and to that point, anytime I think about that, I have to shout out my boy Scurbs, diehard Vikings fan. Fucking far, man. Like, people have lost that in, in time. Like, that's kind of the forgotten point, is that the only reason Peyton and Breeze have that ring is because Brett Favre had to be a fucking hero in overtime. Was, that's they were winning that Vikings. That was the Vikings year, man. That Vikings team would have steamrolled the Colts would have steamrolled them. 
Um, that's it. That's my that's my rant. I'm not, and you know, y'all hear me. It's not like I'm a big Brett Favre fan. I'm a Favre fan because I got I had the benefit of growing up and watching him so yeah. often that it's just like, hey, you got to like what you like. And but like, the, and to the only Bills point is their offense right now is their offense right now is kind of like the Chiefs offense. Hey, Josh Allen, be great every single play, and there's going to be games where he's not, and so you get games like that. If they play that game a million times over, the Bills will play would win that game nine times out out of ten. It just happens like that. So I'm not even. So again, that is my any given Sunday take thing because it's like that's what happens. Hey Sasha, like, but that's what happens when you have a team that's built on offense. You're going to have games where the offense doesn't show up. That's literally how sports has always worked. And the only time it doesn't work like that is when your quarterback's Tom Brady. But even then, usually he's had a defense to back him up. Oh, oh, that's that's the lost part because again, showing how young some fans are. I actually saw a meme saying uh, Tom Brady always had a loaded offense. Yeah, no, his first three you couldn't even. <laughs> oh, name. No, 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 I know our age. You just went. That's not even the narrative of his career. Like we, we used to make fun of it because Dion Branch won an MVP. <laughs> like, like. Right. like and, and the best part is the, the people that made that meme saying, has Tom Brady ever had a load, uh, always had a loaded offense? Unlike, I forget who the comparison was, but I was like, that's literally why he left the Patriots. Right. He's For never, a couple of years when they were good. Ironically, ironically, he didn't even win a Super Bowl when he had a loaded offense. No. Do you, and do you remember uh, Brandon Lloyd? He yeah. was a wide receiver from the Rams, came to the Pats. Mm-hmm. He became like an all-time Pats target because Tom mm-hmm. Brady was that good. Yeah, I know. And, and I know. And you're like, and then a couple people listening are be like, who the fuck is Brandon Lloyd? Like, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, that's I know. We I had, know. He had me and Charles as his receivers for most of his career. And 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 ironically, when he had Randy Moss, he didn't win. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Giants. That's the only time I'll say I'll say thank you. Like whoop, whoop. <laughs> All right, tell them where they can find you, bro. Yeah, because you got to go, I got to go. Let's go. You can go to Never For Brett Me. That's N-E-V-A underscore the number four B-R-E-T-T underscore M-E on Instagram and Twitter to find me. And we are The Dope Blog. Sasha, say peace. We're at The Dope Blog, all one word on Twitter, at The underscore Dope Blog on Instagram, at www.thedope.blog. And I'm at not the Chuck D on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please like, share, and describe, and join us next time as we continue to discuss other people's excellence. Peace. Go steal this. Let's do it. Go Ravens. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't bother me. I'm working. Don't bother me.